Today on City Cash Chicago, our city has been the setting of so many iconic cinematic moments and characters. In our occasional series, Reviews, we rewatch a Chicago classic and dissect elements like Dopest Line, Favorite Shot of the City, or Building That Ain't Really There No More. Today we're talking about the classic 1993 action movie, The Fugitive, with one of his super fans, journalist and author Natalie Moore. It's Thursday, January 12th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. This may be the thing you are, one of the things you are most passionate about, and one of the most random topics. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I think people would expect from a conversation between myself and you. The Fugitive. One of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> All right. Not just Chicago movies, just Just pop. in general. Natalie Moore. Uh, welcome back to CityCast, Natalie. Thanks for having me. For the uninitiated, I'm going to give a quick summary of The Fugitive. It stars Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. It was directed by native Southsider Andrew Davis based on a 1960s TV show. Uh, Ford plays Dr. Richard Kimball, who's accused of murdering his wife for her life insurance policy. Tommy Lee Jones plays U.S. Marshal Sam Gerard. Uh, and it's a two-hour game of cat and mouse after Kimball escapes on his way to prison in southern Illinois. He comes face to face with uh, uh, Sam Gerard several times and constantly gets away. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. It's an action scene after action scene, and so many great Chicago spots are featured: Cook County Hospital, the Thompson Center, City Hall, and more. Uh, Natalie, when we first started talking about this movie, your face just lit up. I mean, the smile that overcame your screen, as you called it, not only one of your favorite Chicago movies, uh, but one of your favorite movies, Point Bank, period. When did you see The Fugitive and why does it have such a strong hold on your heart? I saw The Fugitive in 1993 <laughs> at the show at the Hyde Park Theater. OK, so I guess I'm dating myself. My cousin said, let's go see this movie. And I had zero interest. I saw the trailers. Just, I did not think it would be my cup of tea. I kind of went in begrudgingly like, all right, all right, I'll go. And then just came out and loved it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this movie was dope. Every time it's on TV, I watch it. My siblings watch it. We quote it. I have made the children watch it. <laughs> you know, it's streaming. I'm like, this is a Chicago movie that you have to watch. Um, and another just a little fun fact. Back in the day, the Chicago Tribune used to have a, a section for teens to write movie okay. reviews. And I auditioned for it. I didn't get it. And I was pretty bummed I didn't get it. But I remember when they chose the, the people, they said most teens had written about the mm. fugitive i love that all these years later you still remember the first journalism job i still remember get. that I'm, I'm still i'm still a little <laughs> still a little salty about that i'm like i wrote minutes of society why didn't you choose that one what was it about that two hours and 10 minutes in the high park theater that you just you left like damn no nah, that was that was really it well one it's sister really good movie. The acting is good. The pacing is good. You're rooting for Kimbo. You kind of like Gerard. You don't want know what's going to happen. You're on the edge of your seat. So I think just from a, a story perspective and, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones received an Oscar 
for this movie for Best Supporting Actor. So the movie did well critically and commercially. I also love that I thought I could show Chicago accurately. We're always looking at movies that that's not there, that didn't happen. And even though this was not a Black South Side movie um, and didn't show all of Chicago, what it did show of Chicago, I felt was accurate and familiar and Chicago became a character as well. Yeah, I was looking through the, I think it was like Chicago curved map of like locations. And interestingly enough, it bounced around the city a little bit, right? You you get up to, to Lincoln Park where, where Kimball stay. Obviously, you got some of those iconic shots on rooftops downtown, you know, during some, some of the chase scenes towards the end. But even when he is, you know, um, kind of holding up in, in that Polish woman's basement. Right, that's so Chicago. Co myślisz? Ja myślę, że on będzie zadowolony z tego. So, you like the place? It's okay with you? It's perfect. That was like 89th in commercial, like, you know, over on South Chicago, not too far from my mom's house. And so Kimball got out a little bit and moved around. I thought that the movie also showed a gritty Chicago and it felt more like a blue collar working person's story, even though Kimball is this doctor, you were seeing the neighborhoods. We're seeing him even in a uniform shop. Mm-hmm. We're seeing him in Cook County Hospital um, with, you know, all sorts of people. I mean, they must have used the real extras in there. And then, you know, now that I've gotten older, I also recognize some of the extras who were in the movie. Cheryl Lynn mm-hmm. Bruce, the formidable actress here in Chicago, she plays one of the surgeons who is about to operate on the boy that Kendall wheels upstairs. Gene Barge plays one of the police officers in the in the beginning who says the book on mm-hmm. He's a well-known jazz artist here. And then, of course, they're all the TV people. We see a young Lester Holt. Yep. We see Pam Zekman, who I used to intern for. So all of those things are, are super cool, too. Mm-hmm. I even caught David Pasquese was in there playing one of the... The, the news personalities, Jane Lynch. First of all, I want you to know that I believe Richard Kimball to be innocent. Would he come to you for help? If he came to me, I would help him. But he wouldn't come to me. That's not his style. Let's jump into some of these categories. The way we like to break down a movie is not just to go through it and talk about some of our favorite scenes, but maybe give out some of those, you know, best shots. So let's start there. What's one of your favorite shots? I remember the review that Roger... Ebert wrote about the movie and he talked about the train crash scene being as iconic as the giant boulder chasing Harrison Ford in Raiders uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I think that's a, a natural one to to go to. It said a lot about Dr. Kimball in that moment. The transport vehicle is about to get smashed by a train. The 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 bus has already flipped a few times and Harrison Ford's character, Dr. Kimball chooses to save one of the transport officers uh, from, from that bus versus just sort of letting himself, letting him get killed while he saves himself. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Give me a hand with this man. How is you? Come on, give me a hand with this man. It's my ass, doctor. Oh. 
so I think that that, of course, is the, the scene that most people are going to think about. Um, but I also love when he's in City Hall. I mean, this is a place that I go as a reporter that most Chicagoans have been in for one reason or the other. And, you know, running down the stairs and trying to escape and then going into the parade and looking at State mm-hmm. Street and the stores that aren't there anymore, um, you know, being on the on the rooftop. So I think that if I'm thinking about the best, those best scenes, I mean, there's so many, but I'll just start with those. That City Hall shot is fire. Just how much time they spend with the spiral staircase is one of those moments where. Gerard is is right on right on Dr. Kimball. He is like about to catch this man. He runs out into the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And all he really do is swap a hat and then fits in with the plumbers, which, like you said, kind of gives it that um, that ongoing homage to, to the blue collar workers of Chicago. What was the most Chicago moment for you uh, throughout the film? I'm going to give two. And I live in historic Pullman okay. now. And that's where Sykes lives. So, you know, I'll walk by Sykes' <laughs> house. I think I have done an Instagram post that says, we got a car there now, which is the line that one of the deputies gives when they realize that there's an unmarked car that's been watching. Again, that's the Southside neighborhood that you don't see in films, television, or, you know, even covered in the the news that much. So that to me was a a very deliberate choice. And I think the movie also did a good job of showing how ethnic means white in Chicago. You know, you have Sykes, you have the Polish, you have white people living on the South Mm -hmm. Side. Um, And showing that part of the South Side, um, it's not just a Black South Side. And then the other scene I would say is um, when Harrison Ford and Richard Kimball is coming out of the men's hotel. Mm. And that men's hotel still exists. It's right before he goes to the Hilton to confront Dr. Charles Nichols. It's called the Ewing Annex Hotel. But as someone, you know, in reporting and housing, you know, knowing that that SRO single room occupancies here, again, showing the SRO to me was a choice and also showing the grittier part of mm. the loop. You know, this wasn't the even when they were downtown. Yeah, we saw skyscrapers, but they weren't doing Navy Pier. They weren't on the Magnificent Mile. They were on Wells, mm-hmm. you know, where and that part of the loop still looks like yeah. that today, even 30 years later. Speaking of that scene with Sykes, one of my, if not my favorite quotations from the movie is him getting back home and all those people being there. And he just walks in. <laughs> Was this a trench coat exactly. convention? That, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. How you doing, Mr. Sykes? I'll be doing fine if you tell me what's happening. I had a little problem. Well, my place or the place upstairs? Your place. Well, now. Step right in, Hello. Mr. Sykes. Yeah, everybody knows my name here. Big happy family, huh? Mm-hmm. What is this, a trench coat convention? What the hell's going on? Who are you guys? Come on, what the hell's going on here? What do you think the, the movie gets wrong about the city? It gets nothing wrong. <laughs> I mean, things that would be wrong are things that don't bother me. When he's on the L, there is no Kimball mm-hmm. line. <laughs> 
but that's okay. Like I don't get nitpicky. There, there's a Kimball oh, okay. stop, but I don't remember if it was a Kimball line. And back in 93, we weren't on the color-coded system. You know, I think it's important to, like, for, I'm just going to go deep here. I love the TV show Southside. I love The Bear. Every show about Chicago is not going to encompass all of Chicago. And so when I think about authenticity, I don't think you have to kitchen sink the whole mm-hmm. city. And so I felt like The Fugitive gives you a slice that is accurate. It is not all-encompassing. It doesn't pretend to be. Mm-hmm. And I love that it feels appropriate to the story that's being told, right? You get your, you know, your hanging ale shot. You get your kind of the skyline shot. But they all do feel, you know, sort of built into kind of the fabric of the story. Yeah, and you're right. The All the shots were in service to mm-hmm. the story, showing the skyline. And there were a lot of shots that were from up above. They weren't on the ground looking up. It was like from the antennas looking down. And to me, what that symbolized was how big this city is. And finding Richard Kimball is like finding a needle in a haystack. Here you are in this massive place. Where could he be? You know, so much history wrapped up in the city and the way that the city was portrayed. Do you think this movie could have taken place in any other city? I'm going to say yes, if that city was treated with the care that they gave Chicago. I don't feel like The Fugitive is a movie about Chicago, but it made great use of the setting. I think this movie can have done the same thing in a Detroit, in a Philadelphia. I think it had to be a major city because you're looking for someone and you can't find them. Natalie, it has been great to, to sit here as you get to reminisce on one of your favorite movies, The Fugitive. Thank you so much, Natalie. I imagine our next conversation will probably not be another movie rewatch, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I hope so. Got to keep it versatile. <laughs> Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. CTA hopes that new changes will deliver more accurate and consistent wait times and eliminate the rise of them pesky ghost buses. CTA also says it's increasing recruitment efforts to fill the nearly 600 available bus operator positions. High Park's famous promontory point, including the limestone steps that call the lakefront strip home, is up for a critical vote today for preliminary landmark status. Organizers say this could be huge for conservation efforts. And some good news to get you through. All this talk of movies today got me thinking about one of my favorite film series in the city, Chicago Symphony Orchestra at the Movies. Yes, you watch a cool movie while the orchestra plays the score live. I saw Jurassic Park there last year, and this weekend, you can see Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Link to tickets below in the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow with a little weekly rewind. I'll see you then. Peace. be like straight up i definitely thought i was gonna watch i was like is it called u.s marshall the fugitive is it called the fugitive u.s marshals i feel like i'm getting the title wrong and and the thing in my head was i really was banking on being like what you mean you think i ain't seen a wesley joint from the 90s i saw all wesley joints from the 90s <laughs> and then, and then i started it and i was like
Who is Richard Kimball? 